0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 1989 Arcade Bar podcast. My name is Ben, proprietor of the 1989 Arcade Bar in Sydney, Australia. I hope you're all well. Thank you for listening. Um, as I normally do prior to us Going into the nuts and bolts of the uh, the episode, uh, of this episode, episode 9 of the uh, podcast, I would just like to give a couple of shout-outs about what's going on at the bar. Because um, the bar has events and fun things happening uh, all the time. But uh, coming up uh, this month, um, and every month really, the last Sunday of every month, is our Retro Arcade Club. So if you've always wanted to have free run of an arcade bar for four hours with everything set onto free play... Uh, That is the event for you. Uh, The Jude event is happening on Sunday the 26th. Um, And as I said, it's on every Sunday of the month, every last Sunday of the month. And all ages are welcome. It's just a $20 cover fee, which you can buy tickets for online prior to turning up, or you can just rock up on the day. Uh, And that gives you four hours, four hours to play as many arcade games as you like. And not only that, but lovely Martin, Martin Tain Taylor, who is going to be joining me on this episode of the podcast, will be providing arcade masterclasses. I'm not quite sure what games he's going to be showing people to play in this month's retro arcade club but he does two master classes per arcade club so make sure you go and see Martin and learn how to master some games. Uh, The VHS Flea Pit is also returned 1989 and we have our second screening tomorrow actually, uh, the 21st of June. So what is the VHS Flea Pit? It's our trash movie night. We screen trashy old films off of VHS for your viewing pleasure mainly in the genre of fantasy, science fiction, horror, some action stuff, but uh, directly from the VHS in uh, the brightest, warmest, fuzziest 4x3 picture. Um, It's a free night of cinema trash if you love cinema trash then please come along it happens on tuesday nights every two weeks at seven o'clock upstairs at 1989 come along to the vhs flea pit there is now a vhs flea pit facebook page as well so check out www.facebook.com forward slash the vhs flea pit to find out when screenings are happening what films are screening all that kind of fun stuff And finally, Forgotten Worlds Brewing Company. Now, I am involved in bringing a brewing company into the world, which I'm very excited about. Um, A brewing company that is going to be focused not only on amazing beers, obviously that is the most important thing to do when you have a brewery, but also beers that have unique and fun concepts around them. Uh, Every beer is gonna be uh, set in a forgotten world and every forgotten world has a story. And for our first beer we're releasing, the Cathode Ray Hazy Pale Ale, which hopefully will be hitting shelves in July. We have a launch party happening at 1989 on July 15th. So if you're free, come along to that, but please check out what we are doing via our website, www.forgottenworlds.com.au or our Facebook page, www.facebook.com, Forgotten Worlds Brewing Company. Uh, Please give it a like and uh, come and see us when our beer is released into the world. Okay, that's all my plugs out of the way. I'm trying to get this done as quickly as possible so we can get into the guts of the uh, episode itself. And for episode 9 of the 1989 Arcade Bar Podcast, we are talking about the wonderful Sunset Riders. Sunset Riders, released in 1991 by Konami. It is a wonderful arcade game that one of our regulars, Tim Harvey, recently laid down the high score world record at the bar. It's a Twin Galaxies officiated world record. Happened back in May this year and it's super exciting because it goes up there with all the other world records that have been done at the bar, which is which is awesome. We now, I think, have five world records that have been done at 1989. What do we have? We've got Metal Slug 2, we've got Point Blank, we've got Wonder Boy, we've got Midnight Resistance, and now we have sunset riders tim joins me on this episode of the podcast to chat about the game and his experience getting the world record along with the gentleman the squire the video games maestro martin taine taylor a world record holder himself in his own right of metal slug 2 these two wonderful gentlemen join me for episode 9 of the 1989 arcade bar podcast where we chat about sunset riders enjoy <laughs> Uh, I think I already talked about in the last episode that pretty much all our games are working in the bar now, which I know sounds like it should be a given, but when you run a retro arcade bar um, and these games are from way back when they take a lot of love care, um, and uh, caressing to keep them running. So I think everything on the floor is now working, including our killer instinct, and we now have asterix on the floor as well. So if you haven't played asterix, I highly recommend. It's really, it's really good fun.
1: Yeah, yeah. We we got to have a it was a brief play um, when we did the golden axe stream. Ah, um, uh, guess Yeah, for the Seager event uh, with with Stephen because you just got it in then, uh, and it's fantastic. It's it's a really interesting. Like you know, big uh, like big sprite beat them up, but it's it's the fight mechanics are kind of cool, and you can run up to people who are stunned and slap them about a bit, and it's like great. It's so perfect. It's so like the comic they've they've brought that over quite well.
0: Well, Martin, isn't that funny that we're talking about Asterix, which is made by a publisher called Konami. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, look at that line! Oh. Fantastic. And-
0: there's another game that was made by Konami, um, who are incredible. Um, back in the uh, back in the late 80s, early 90s, produced a lot of incredible side-scrolling games in a lot of different genres. Um, but there is a game they made called Sunset Riders, which came out in 1991. a great western run and gun shooter should we talk about sunset
1: riders (laughs) oh i think that would be a wonderful idea let's do it uh, yeah 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 and i mean well yeah ben yeah you're right 1991 konami and konami obviously have a long and proud tradition of beat-em-ups uh obviously the asterix and uh well you know the 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 game that the bar is named after the the teenage yep. mutant teenage hero Totals,
0: hero titles, yeah
1: yeah from '89, uh, the old X Men as well to be on up there which was a um, oh, fantastic game as well and, and of course the Simpsons four player as well, uh, but I mean well yeah Sunset Riders uh, it's its pedigree is kind of interesting as well because um, it was directed by uh, Hiroyuki Sugimoto who uh, was a programmer on Contra. Um, and uh wrote Super Contra, uh wrote and directed Super Contra actually as well. And he I believe I'm not one hundred percent sure, but I think um that um Contra was um worked on with um Matawaki Furukawa who wrote the music. And Matawaki Furukawa has a really interesting backstory as well as far as what he worked on as well. So Uh, The Metal Gear series, uh, the Super Smash Brothers series, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. You would expect something to be good between them, but this was kind of interesting because Cowboys just, you know, kind of weren't done after the sort of, you know, 50s movies. They were kind of left alone and then it was like ninjas and other stuff and whatnot. So, So there was kind of a resurgence at the time in some pop culture stuff. Uh, And there were other games as well that sort of came a little bit before or a little bit after. So uh, Mad Dog McCree was out in 1990. Um, So there was a little bit there which was a full motion light gun game uh, which is really fun. Um, Wild Gunman, of course, which a lot of people would remember as well. Um, And Wild Guns later which was like a sort of cabal style shooter where you're sort of ducking back and forth and, and whatnot but you're essentially clearing a single screen. But yeah, as far as beat-em-ups, there really will not there wasn't really anything cowboy em up beforehand.
0: But would you say this is a beat-em-up or a run and gun?
1: It is it is a run and gun, you're right. Uh, I guess made by a beat 'em up.
0: Yeah, I agree with what you're saying. Like Konami kind of are known for their like four player big sprites, very colourful, amazing em ups, but this was actually their foray into like the run and gun genre yeah right?
1: yeah yeah you're right and i mean like the it's funny you talk about sprite size and whatnot as well because i would say they're quite reserved in that sense for a konami game but they the platforming elements that they put in uh is something that makes it quite compelling as well but tim like did you want to talk about that as far as the design perspective for this game because you know you're no stranger to a running gun
2: yeah i found it really really interesting that uh like i think to begin with when you first pick it up it it, it almost feels like a Metal Sluggy type game, but there's really like a lot of differences, a lot of just different, not really mechanics, but just the way the game is played. And I think it's very easy um, just the first time you play it to be like, oh, this is just a Metal Slug clone. They've just put Cowboys in instead. But as you go along, it's got sort of the multiple level systems and there's a a lot of interesting mechanics as to when you can jump and sort of bullets will pass through you and when they won't um and sort of learning how that's sort of specifically done by design is really a big part of getting around that um but in terms of like the actual level design I, I feel like they didn't they didn't try and go too over the top um it's pretty you can tell that it all takes place in the same world it's not like they're sort of hopping from you know first they're in the outback then they're in space into all these different crazy environments um and i sort of like that it helped it helped feel like you were really building up like you were almost on a quest where you're going from point a to point b rather than just world one beat where's the next level where's the next level
0: Sunset riders is one of those games that i've i've been in love with for years like i remember when i was a kid i played it in an arcade i just remembered it as this really colorful bright side-scrolling cowboy and indians game that was just really fun to play really fun to look at um i'm a really big fan of Gunsmoke, which is another arcade based western and if we're talking about arcade westerns there's not a lot of them um there is another game called blood brothers which is a bit like cabal where you shoot, you shoot uh, you're yeah. like on the bottom of the screen you have like a viewfinder but um, Guns, Gunsmoke was one of my other favorite um, westerns. Gunsmoke is very similar in terms of um, the, the game. Each level is based on you getting a bounty for a, obviously an outlaw, and the beginning of each level has that bounty poster, the same as Sunset Riders. But uh. um, when I obviously started collecting PCBs for 89, I was always like, I've got to get a Sunset Riders. Like, I've got to get it, because it's one of those random games that I don't think a lot of people really know but I love, and I'd just love to have it in the arcade. Um, I have the Super Nintendo port and that's the version I bought years and years ago. But when I got that PCB, I was so happy. And like, when I put it in the bar, I was like, Hey, have you guys played sunset riders? And uh, <laughs> it was just so much fun to see so many people get, get into it. But, um, but Tim, at what point did you think you would go for the world record in sunset riders? And before you tell us, I would just like to let everybody know that on the first of May, Tim's world record score was eight hundred and six thousand three hundred and ninety. That's an incredible score. Tim, tell us. Tell us why you thought you want to do this with your life.
2: <laughs> well, it was sort of funny actually. You you got me hooked on the game. So I'd never played Sunset Riders before until coming to the bar, I was there one day and As an arcade owner, my work is done.
0: That's all yeah. I'm here to do.
2: <laughs> um, and I think I got hooked on it pretty quickly, but I, f- I feel like it's got a bit of a steep learning curve. Some of the earlier bosses and things like that. Like once, if you if you can sort of learn the patterns, they get far easier to beat. And I remember it was even Dark Horse I was struggling with and you were like, why don't you just jump to this one? I'm like, oh, that's, that's much easier. Um, and just things like that. And I think where I actually really started playing it a lot it was i was playing it a lot and it was i think the first time it popped up onto the arcade floor was probably maybe six months before battle of the arcades last year and it, at the time like this so this was sort of leading into and then after battle of the arcades and it might have just been a throwaway comment and you said oh maybe we should put sunset riders in next year's battle of the arcade and i sort of went well if that's going to be the case i got a head start i'll I'll play this game a lot more and then it went from a game that i really love to a game that i just really fell in love with and just love learning all the little different tricks and things like that and um and i was very very determined to beat the whole game and i finally did and then realized that it starts again i was like well (laughs) shit here we go then um so that sort of gave it an even bigger challenge and things like that and yeah and then it was about that time when i was sort of having a bit of a look at some of the world record scores and things like that and saw it Sunset Riders was and saw that there just really weren't that many scores out there. And then I think as well um in one of our chats, Steven put up some scores for Game The System. I think they did Sunset Riders and looking at those scores and looking where I was at and it sort of made me realise that there, you know, I don't think there are that many people who have really beaten the whole game through really chasing scores. Um mm. there's yeah, there's more of a speed run community for Sunset Riders than Just pure high score chasing, but
0: yeah. Can you remember what the arcade high score was in Twin Galaxies before you destroyed it?
2: Uh, 22,000 and change.
1: Yeah, yeah. by by Amber McAnally. 22,920, yeah. Yeah. What what year was that set? 97? No, it wasn't 97. Maybe it was it was a long uh, time ago like 20 years plus
0: see that's yeah. the, that's the incredible thing about sunset riders it's just a game that i don't think a lot of people really know and i think that in the high scoring community i mean speed running community sure but the high scoring community I, that just i find it amazing that that was the high score for mm. that long for this game considering how much fun this game is yeah. to play yeah
1: i yeah. think like part of it might be I, I i guess a lot of things like when when you're talking about like pcb stuff quite often you know there's not as many of some things that survive and then it might take a long time to get like a you know it, even something like an emulation uh sometimes it can take a while or it's it's not faithful so you don't really want to use it for for doing an arcade record because it's it's not the arcade version that can well, definitely the, be a the, thing.
2: the main record the main score is massive and quite competitive mm. um i think it's over over a million and there's 2 or 3 scores on that leaderboard that are over a million. Mm. So it's there is quite like yeah the main the main version of it has got quite a bit of competition so yeah maybe there's just not that many like original arcade boards out there at the moment.
0: That's very true. I didn't really think about that 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 aspect of it. Um that's interesting that there're over a million having played the game and got that score, the 800,000. I mean what would it take to get
2: a million points on Sunset Riders? You'd have to double loop it and beat at least to beat that high score. You'd need to get 100% on the three three of the four bonus stages in a minimum. Mm. And the bonus stages are very, very difficult to perfect.
0: Very quickly, guys. Sorry, this is for my own education as well. So the fact that you can loop the game, which essentially means that once you've finished it, it starts again from the beginning. I guess that score would only be valid if you're doing a one credit clear of the two loops, right? No continues... Yeah, yeah. To get, because
2: and Sunset Riders is a game where if you put in another credit, you don't lose your score. So in theory, you could keep putting in credits to get to the end and have that score of a million plus. But yeah, Twin Galaxies it, it does specify. It's gotta be on one credit.
0: Do you think that would be the next thing, Tim, you'd loot the game twice on one credit and see
2: if you can get over a million points? <laughs> Just putting that's, it that's out there. That's definitely what I'm chasing. Nice. Murry me with my money.
0: Okay, hold on. I've got a list of the out- wanted outlaws here. So the first one is Simon Greedwell. Bury me with my money. <laughs> um, so the next one is um, Hawkeye Hank Hatfield. Um, then Dark Horse. Dark horse. He's That's the guy three, yeah. who's on the horse. Yeah. Then you have the Smith Brothers. Then you have El Greco. Then you have Chief Scalpham yeah <laughs> it's the uh native american <laughs> tribe leader
1: <laughs> racially sensitive there yeah yeah, yeah. Actually, i think yeah. We'll,
0: we'll talk about the, we'll talk about the ports later on but i think this was yeah. like, these this was tweaked for the, the ports then you have paco loco and then you have sir richard rose who is the the main the main villain paco loco um is the guy with the uh, gatling gun and mm. apparently once he's been killed his last words are hasta la bye bye which yeah. was a direct reference to the T-800's main catchphrase in the uh, Terminate 2 uh, movie, which is obviously I, Hasta la Vista. I maybe. figured it had to be. It seemed yeah, weird yeah. to not be linked yeah. to that. Yeah, but... a little link
2: there. Especially because he does it with the Arnie accent as well. Oh, yeah, yeah that's true. true. Hasta yeah. la bye-bye. Hasta <laughs> la bye-bye. I Actually, I'm a big fan of all the little one-liners because every boss has their own little one liner and sort of yeah some some are more memorable than others but they've all got their own which I really like. You got me me and in heap big trouble. When you beat the Smith brothers um and the girls come out and dance for for you they they do their little one liner which is she goes um she goes oh you boys are so kind. Oh you boys are so kind and then like text appears on the screen sort of telling introducing the second act. But all the little one-liners are just digitized. I've always found that really
0: weird. Like talking about the structure of the game. So Obviously, we're a four-player running gun um, game, very much like Contra, where you can pick your characters. We should definitely talk about the characters at some point because they're they're awesome. And also, you know, what character you picked uh, you picked to play also you know changes how you play the game to some degree. But like, I always found that really interesting in terms of like the the way this game works. So you have like. What is it? The first couple of levels where you're obviously you are cowboys after the bounty of some bad guy. That's that's the structure of the game. But yeah, you're right. When you take on those brothers and you save these girls from these two brothers, suddenly the game becomes something a little bit different. Where you see all four bounties you've got to do to progress to the end of the game. Yeah, and it's like a weird turning point in the structure of the
2: the game, or not the gameplay, but the actual narrative. My theory on that is I think it's set up like when you when you sort of. Beat the Smith brothers and rescue the girls, like that. That's supposed to be the end of the game. Cause that text that actually comes up, it says, I'll tell you a secret. There's a huge bounty being offered for Sir Richard Rose, but he's always got his three sidekicks with him. So you'll need to dispatch of them first. And then like the next scene will have like the wanted picture with the three sidekicks underneath them. So that's how they sort of introduced that. But I, th- I think it was designed so you're supposed to think. You kill the Smith brothers. The girls come out and dance. Well done. You've beaten the game. And then they're like, "Surprise! We have more bosses,
0: more things. Do the more things." Yeah. You
1: know, I just realised that that is the storyline of El Topo by Alejandro Jodorowsky.
0: Oh, really? I've got the I've got the uh, the box set of all his movies, and I've not watched that one yet.
1: I seriously just occurred to me just then. It's like that is one hundred percent it. It's like you know you get told there's like the three masters you got to kill before you fight. The final guy kind of thing uh, but there's probably a lot less like like his son randomly nude wearing a cowboy hat following him around as he does it and then turning <laughs> into jesus <and laughs> leading a bunch of mutants out of a cave at the end it's a oh, shame yeah. they didn't
0: do that for this game that could have upped the ante a little bit you know or did it
1: in the seat they should have done the sequel yeah it needs more mutants. oh well do we want to talk about a sequel uh, uh, i don't know if we talked about it, but it was because well, no, there's no official sequel, um, but in 1992, uh, The Cowboys of Mu Mesa was released uh, on Konami, and it is very much... I don't know if it was actually the same uh, director, but it was very much a spiritual successor. And this is, you know, obviously still, like, pretty peak arcade times. And as, as far as a commercial success... Um, I'm not really sure uh, for Sunset Riders like how much money it would have made historically or anything like that. I, I certainly do not have figures handy, but the Cowboys of Moomesa was like a fucking like they really did attempt to make it a cash cow. Like it had a Saturday morning cartoon. It had action figures that were designed by the guy who did a lot of the teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle figures as well. Um, they had cereal, they had like a a bunch of random shit, um, that just to try and make money, like peak, peak nineties capitalism, but the game, like the actual game was, so it was still four players. It was still cowboys, but you were literally a cow cowboy. Um, and a lot of similarities in gameplay style, but much more cartoonish and much more like surreal. But if you haven't played it, it's on a lot of the Pandora's boxes, um, so it's probably buried somewhere. But a highly enjoyable game. Uh, you can you've also got besides um, your usual stuff like you know your slides, like you have in um, in Sunset Riders. Uh, you can also do like a double tap run and charge with your horns uh, as well. But um, but yeah, check it out. It's it's actually pretty cool. And was
0: that an, an arcade only release or?
1: I think it might have got a Super Nintendo release, I think, Um, but this is, I didn't actually take notes on this, this is just something that I found out after we did uh, the world record and I kind of read into because it was kind of really interesting. I'm just looking it up now and it actually wasn't the same guys, it was Konami, but it wasn't the same team. Uh, It was released in November 1992 and it was one to four players in the the same way. Uh, for Sunset Riders as well because there, there were two, obviously, two-player versions and four-player versions of Sunset Riders as well, depending on the cab.
0: It's my ambition to, um... mommy, daddy. I know, baby, I don't know where mummy is, she's got to be somewhere. Where's mummy? Are you going to find mummy? No. Okay. Um... <laughs> Daddy's <play>, Dad. <laughs> um, It's still my ambition because we obviously have the two-player, we have the two-player arcade at the bar, um, I would love to get daddy. a four-player cabinet at some point, I have a four-player LAI cabinet that's empty in my father-in-law's garage. I'd love to eventually one day convert that into a four-player sunset riders, but um that's a way off project right now, unfortunately. But when it happens, fellas, we'll get together we'll play that game four players, because that'll be incredible to play at four players. You know what I mean? I'm very
1: keen.
2: It's actually really interesting when you play multiple players on it. When you get to the bosses, it calculates how much you each hit the boss, but it doesn't then score accordingly so if the boss is worth ten thousand points and you guys hit 30 percent each and I hit 40 percent I get ten thousand points and you get zero ah. so if, if you're playing with like other people purely going for a high score it creates this really interesting dynamic because a lot of the bosses you want to clear the minions first but if it's sort of a who can put the most hits on him it yeah just is very it, it's very fascinating interesting.
1: actually because it really feeds into that um that bounty hunter vibe yeah. where you are flying against each other even though you're not messing physically with each other in the game in something like, let's say, Mario Brothers where you can you can do that. Yeah, yeah I, I was going to ask about that and and so it is just based on the hits that you get through the, through
2: it's, the boss oh, it's, fight. It's based on damage done.
1: Okay. So, As opposed which is, to a final hit.
2: Yes. Which is slightly different to hits on them because the pistols do I think they do more damage per shot well,
1: the, uh, I was actually just about to ask as well, as far as because um, you know you see seen a lot of um, other running guns. Metal Slug is a great example where there's actually no difference in gameplay at all um, when whatever character you pick in that in any of those games in the series. Um, but obviously, Sunset Riders is earlier, but there's probably two main variations, right? Because you've got the shotgun guys and the dual pistol guys. Um, And, I mean, between those, because there's two shotgun guys, two uh, pistol guys, there's no variation there.
2: Kind of. So there isn't in the way it plays. So they both have the pistols, they both have the shotguns, they are identical weapons. But what it does change, and this is getting really finicky, but this is what I found when I was trying to push for high scores and things, is when you come up against the boss, who you're playing will line up with according to... their their player so player one will line up on the very left player two slightly in player three right and then player four on the very right and it's a slight difference in where they start for player three and player four and i found player four will have there's a couple of bosses where they will have a better shot on some of those early minions that can really set you up for the rest of that boss fight as opposed to player three who almost has to either move right or aim to the right because he doesn't start on the very edge of the screen Mm. so gameplay with the two yeah they're identical the guns are exactly the same and there's no variation but where they start for the bosses can it's a small thing um but getting into a sequence early on some of those bosses is very important ah so because uh
1: kamano wild and bob the two shotgun guys is it i believe the green guy yes. and the red guy
0: so the four characters are steve billy cool bob and Komano wild those are the four characters i mean
1: yeah. i it's it's funny because i i play as Komano wild before i knew that only because he's he's called Komano wild and he's got a shock and i'm like well that, yeah and a poncho and he has a he has
0: a poncho and a yeah. hat he's got the whole thing yeah. he's the best he's living his he's the best, best life it's great yeah. yeah yeah
1: yeah it's gonna be me in the future yeah for sure <laughs>
0: Let's talk about the ports because the interesting thing about Sunset Riders and going back to us talking about how well known this game isn't when it really should be because it's a fantastic game. Um, obviously had an arcade release in 1991 and only had two. Um, official ports to home consoles, there is a PlayStation 4 version. If you do want to play Sunset Riders at home right now, I believe that it's a company called Arcade Archives, did a re-release of it in March 2020, Um, and you can buy it online for the Nintendo Switch and the PlayStation 4. That's how you can play Sunset Riders at home, but it did have two console ports it was it was ported to the sega genesis sega mega drive and it was ported to the super nintendo and the super nintendo version is how i uh played it um over the years before i was very lucky enough to get my hands on a pcb um but the interesting thing just talking about the two console ports is that they're very different the um super nintendo is almost like a um an arcade perfect port with a couple of little changes but the Mega Drive version is actually a more of a cut down version of the arcade. Both look great um, and sound great. Um, admittedly I think the Super Nintendo just pips the Mega Drive version in terms of sound and graphics. Again it's very authentic to the original arcade, but I'm just going to very quickly read through the differences. For instance, you can only play in the Mega Drive version. You can only play two characters from the arcade, which is Billy and Comano. You can't play the four characters. Ah, and that's where the these guys got their surnames from. So sorry, in the arcade... The characters only had first names but when it was ported to the sega mega drive they gave billy and kormano surnames so that's why we've got billy cool and we've got kormano wild uh-huh. so that's, that's i, I did wonder t- that
2: because when i was doing the world record run i heard martin reference kormano wild and i was like i've played this game a lot and i don't think i've seen the word wild once uh, mm-hmm. so that's 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 it
1: yeah I'm just really into the story, man. (laughs) I thought you were just saying this guy is
2: wild. Like, you know, the other guys are okay, but this one guy, he is really cool. Kormato, he is wild.
0: On the Sega Mega Drive version, only four of the eight bosses from the arcade version are featured. So that's Simon Greedwell, Paco Loco, Chief Scalpum, and Sir Richard Rose. Yeah, so the Mega Drive version really is a very cut-down version of the arcade, where um, the Super Nintendo version pretty much has only a few a few um, changes to it from the arcade. So in the, uh, stage six, the Native American enemies, which were in stage six along with the boss of the Native Americans, Chief Wigwam, were actually changed to. Sorry, Chief Scalpum, were actually uh, he changed was to. Chief Wigwam. He's version. Chief Wigwam in the Super Nintendo version. Yes. So he was called mm. Chief Scalpum in the arcade, and they changed his name to Chief Wigwam. But there were actually Native Americans that you could fight in stage six. I think they were all removed and replaced with regular outlaws.
1: Yeah, Cracker Jacks. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you were choosing between what version for a home console or one of my retro collection, then obviously the Super Nintendo is the more desirable one if you're not if you don't want to get a digital version for the switch or the playstation 4 over the sega genesis version which is uh shall we say watered down compared to the arcade version (laughs) but yeah super nintendo version is great super nintendo version now goes for a lot of money as well if you can find a nice minty box copy you definitely um yeah you definitely got to pay out a few uh a few pennies for
2: that one. I've, I've actually uh I own and have played the uh, PS4 version, but I didn't spend much time on it. I got very cranky because, and maybe there was an option, I just couldn't find it. You didn't get to pick your character. Oh, uh, really? If you press start, you were player one, so you played as player one. Ah, oh, right. Um,
1: That's a bit, which annoying.
2: is yeah, especially when you're used to playing as player four. Is that and, Billy? Um, is that or Steve? It's one of the yeah. pistol
1: guys. Yeah, I think Billy it's Steve. Billy Cool's number one.
0: Billy Cool. Yeah. He's yeah. so cool because Not blue. that cool,
1: if you have to <laughs> play it. Somewhere. I say, bit of bad luck.
0: So, well, that's kind of Sunset Riders. Is there any other thoughts on Sunset Riders we want to leave everybody with? Apart from the fact that it's an amazing game and that you should play it because it's so wonderful. And if you're in Sydney, come and visit 98.9 and play the arcade that Tim actually got the world record on, which is very, very exciting. I had one question for Tim, actually, before we wrap up the podcast. And by the way, guys, thank you so much for joining me tonight to talk about Sunset Riders. Oh, um, it's always fun. I do. I do love, love this cab so much, or this game, I should say. Um, Tim, are you going to... Is there any other world records on the horizon for you?
2: The, hopefully. Um, the next one I'm working on is New Alley X, which is an excellent game. Yeah, I think you've got you've got an original cab now. I've
0: got a, I've got an original board. I'm hoping we can use it. It's a, it's a it's a license it's a proper licensed Namco board which has two versions of the game on. I can't see why it wouldn't be allowed for world record because it's a it's an original licensed board. So
2: I haven't noticed an like a difference at least a significant one um in the versions that I've played from sort of the Pandora's Box one to the bootleg that you had to um this one but yeah, and I think at the moment I can get a score that's above the world record. Um, it's just being able to do it consistently and then trying to push it higher and higher because there is there is almost a finite... Well, there's a finite score in most games, but it's it's generally looking at finishing the game and then trying to do that with as many lives left as possible. Uh, does does rally, does RallyX have a definitive end or is it just a loop? Yeah. No, there's there's fifteen stages, and at the end of the stages, it goes well done. It's like you've beaten the game. It actually says on the thing, it's like you've beaten the game. Now go for the world record. <laughs> yeah, um, and
1: yeah. you're like, yes, I will do that. That sounds anything good. you say, you tiny PCB. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> That's incredible, man. That'll be oh, that'll be so exciting. Yeah, let me know when you're ready to do that, and we'll get that, we'll get that happening.
2: Yeah, well, hopefully I can uh, get back in there because my main version sucks um yeah does so like, mine when you try and like turn corners it'll clip you into corners and just like shake 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 before it. yeah finally...
1: i hate that same for mine and also yeah it doesn't display most of the digits for your score I, th-
2: I think it's only the two and the three the four is shown as an underscore yeah but the two and the three are just blank
1: yeah uh, which, which is
2: super fucking annoying. obviously if you're chasing a world a, a record that sucks but it's like for the most part i know where which when it's a two and when it should be a three but
0: yeah well look let me know man when you're ready we'll be ready and we'll get that one we'll get that one taken. hopefully not too far away
1: yeah Yeah. i uh (laughs) dibs on commentary as well because i love that game but
0: uh oh man that's gonna be a great day can't wait for that that'll be so much fun all right you martin have you actually thought about doing another world record no pressure because you know (sighs) ah It's all about games you love, I guess. It's like, if you love a game so much and you want to put a a record down for it, like...
1: Yeah, like, I I mean, there are definitely games that I would like to, but I'm not realistically close and not really currently working on anything. Mm. Um, Because, yeah, outside, boring, normal, real life uh, has, has been so full on, it's been a bit hard to kind of concentrate on anything like that. And because I have also many other nerdy hobbies, I've, uh, I've been kind of, you know, putting, putting my, my big chubby unwashed Cheeto encrusted nerdy fingers in every, in many pies. Um, but, uh, so yeah, you know, cause I, I paint miniatures and stuff and I do that for people and, and, and do it for sort of challenges and have just finished a bunch of stuff for that. So I do have that opportunity and that gap. What's your, um, what's your Instagram? Uh miniature painting. Um so uh usually a lot of like eighties and nineties old school um let's say like uh oh, Marauder, games workshop, there's some Heartbreaker stuff, there's a few other things, do some commissions for people. Um and that's been keeping me busy because sometimes as much as I love screens and games, uh I've been trying very much to limit screen time through through COVID and through lockdown, which is why I started doing this. And now I think since COVID started I think I've painted about 550 models or wow. something like that. Wow! Um, in, two, in
0: two and a bit years,
1: that's incredible. So yeah, it's um, it's it's become a bit of a thing, and it's been nice because um, you know, people sometimes pay me, or I've been uh, recently a couple of magazines and stuff. So that's been really nice. Um, but yeah, no, I'm thinking about it. The the Metal Slug series always calls me back. Kind of want to play Metal Slug X a bit more.
0: I think I've got a the cart of that one i pretty much got most of the metal saga i think about well, yeah i think i've got an original neo geo of that um car of that so yeah look the option the option's always there martin oh, fuck, i love the neo geo we should do a whole podcast on the neo geo i could talk about it for hours oh, Just i need like to the... play it more first oh so you'll man have the to, games... you'll have to
1: oblige us yeah yeah 100 <laughs> like i've got
0: um i managed to pick up a copy of the super spy and crossed swords for the aes and I don't really own any AES games. I've got like the converter so I can play the MVS games in the AES. So, for people at home, very quickly, not to bore anybody, you have the arcade version of a Neo Geo cabinet, which will come as you know, for a single slot or a four slot or a six slot. So, you can change like the cartridges, like a home console arcade version, which is called the MVS. And then you have a home console version, which is this nice, slick black kind of like sexy looking thing that can oh, play single yeah. cartridges, but it's called the AES, and they re- they were released simultaneously, and back in the day if you had an AES, basically you were rich. Yeah. The AES is like so expensive. Even now, if you're collecting for it, it's ridiculously expensive. But I found a couple of games really like cheap in the Neo <laughs> Geo world, and I got a couple, but yeah, I love it. I love it so much. Like The Neo Geo system for me is just like, it's wonderful. It's There's so beautiful. many interesting games. Yeah. Oh man, like the run and guns, the shoot ups, the beat em ups like everything. Mm. Yeah. So we should do a whole podcast on the Neo Geo one day and I'll, I'll wax lyrical. So, yeah, guys, I think I think that's a nice um, point for us to sort of wrap this up. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in and listening. I uh, really appreciate it. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with another podcast. So uh, join us then. But uh, thank you,
1: guys.
2: Thanks for having me. Yeah,
1: thanks, everyone. Thank you so much for having us. Was it Steve normally says? Steve normally says, was oh, it uh, keep... keep Playing? keep playing or keep keep gaming keep gaming oh steve where are you man keep gaming
0: Thank you for listening to the 1989 Arcade Bar podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please support the show by giving us a like and a follow on our Facebook page. Tune in to us via our SoundCloud. Find us on Spotify podcasts and Apple podcasts. Get in touch. If there is anything you want to chat about, let us know what you think about the show, maybe topics that we can talk about. Then you can grab us via the Facebook page or on email via hey, H E Y, at 19891989.com.au. Well, thank you for listening, and hopefully we'll see you for the next next one.